Before we get started, I have an important message. If you're on Medicare or about to be, you don't want to go it alone. And you don't want to just call the first guy who sends you a postcard. My husband did that, and he wound up with some bad advice that costs us a penalty each month that will never go away. So what can you do? Contact one of our member experts by going to certifiedmedicareagents.com and searching your state for an agent. You'll be able to look through our member agents and read about them. Then you can reach out to the agent or broker you select directly through the site. Now, one thing you should know is other sites who do this sell your information to 15 or more agents so you can get hundreds of unwanted phone calls. Not so with CertifiedMedicareAgents.com. You'll only be contacted by one agent, and if there is a problem, I may personally reach out to you, but generally you will only hear from the one agent you select. So head on over there right now before you forget and find a qualified and certified agent that can help you today. Now, let's start our program. Welcome back to the Roth Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein. And on today's episode, I'll give you an update on my retirement quest, or rather, how I'm faring on the six pillars of retirement lifestyle. We'll give you a health segment on pickleball. And Barbara will give you an update on how her actual retirement is going. But first, I want to talk to you if you've heard the show before, but haven't subscribed. If you're listening to this through your smartphone, you can subscribe to the show through the podcast app that you're listening on. It's free, of course, kind of like a radio show, but what happens is when the show is released, you'll have the opportunity to listen that day or later if you prefer. Because the show only comes out once a month, it's important to subscribe so you don't forget. We also have a newsletter that tells you what's happening and gives you links to the show notes so that you can find any important websites we mention along with other information. And we also tell you when the next show is released. If you'd like to get the newsletter, just go to rockyourretirement.com slash newsletter and fill out the form. And we never sell your information, so don't worry about that. You're safe with us. And now, let's go to the episode. Hi, Rockers. Since we last talked, I've been working on my own six pillars of retirement lifestyle. For those of you who don't know, those six pillars are spiritual, significant other, friendship, purpose in life, family, and health. I fall short on many of these areas, and that's why I created the Baby Boomers 30-Day Journal. For myself, really. But you can actually buy it on Amazon. Honestly, I haven't used it since the pandemic started. 
And I think it's time for me to start using it again. But let's go through them and I'll tell you what's happening. Perhaps my telling you what's in my mind could help you too. In the significant other pillar, Les and I took an impromptu day trip the other day. We're trying to stay away from just staying at home and watching TV. We're big TV watchers. Our relationship is strong, but we're both struggling right now with our lack of social activities. Which brings us to the next pillar of retirement lifestyle, friendship. Over the last month, I've been making an effort to solidify some of my relationships that I've formed over the last few years since I've moved here. In a 55-plus community with a lot of clubs, it's easy to make a lot of acquaintances, but you know, there's a difference between being friendly and actually being friends with someone. You know, when we were kids, it was pretty easy to make friends. We'd just walk up to someone and say, hey, do you want to be friends? Or we'd say, hey, do you want to come over and hang out? Remember when we just hung out? We didn't have an agenda. We just hung out because we liked being around someone. That's not really something you can do when you're older, or at least I don't feel comfortable with it. If that's something you do, send me an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com and let me know how you do that. Most of the time, we have to have things to do with a potential friend. So that's what I've been doing for the last month. I've been getting together with women that I like and I'd like to get to know better. On the family side, I've had a disappointment. My estranged brother recently informed us that he won't be attending my father's memorial service that he helped plan last year. Some of you know that my father died in November and we weren't able to have a memorial at the time, so we planned the memorial for December of this year. I'm really disappointed that my brother's not coming, although honestly, I kind of knew he wouldn't come. You know, all of us have family disappointments and mine is no different. But on a positive note for what I'm trying to do to help build those family relationships, I usually don't send my siblings gifts for their birthday. But this year, to help strengthen our relationships, I sent my two sisters a gift for their birthday. I know it's a small thing, but it's what I did to to help with that relationship. My spiritual pillar is also indeed lacking. Part of it is because I'm really not ready to attend church again. You know, we're currently in an uptick of COVID cases where I live. And not only that, but I know at least three people who have died and they were all fully vaccinated And one was healthy and in her late 40s. So yeah, I'm scared. And yeah, I'm not as social as I once was because of that. But I've been working on this and I'm trying to give thanks for what I have. I've also been meditating and praying. And I've been reading my former pastor's daily emails. On the health side, I've been doing very well. 
If you're a regular listener, then you already know that I've lost 20 pounds during COVID. I know, totally opposite what most people did. It's been a struggle, but worth it. And because I'm lighter now, I can do more. I'm swimming once a week. I'm doing water aerobics five days a week and synchronized swimming twice a week. I know, you think I'm probably going to turn into a fish. At least Les thinks that. (laughs) But in addition to all the water activities that I'm doing, I watch what I eat. But I'm disappointed that my cholesterol is still high. So I think I need to cut back on the chocolate I've been eating. And we'll see if I can do that. I mean, right before I got on this podcast, I had some chocolate, I must admit. So I really like Nibmore Blueberry Squares, and it's kind of my go-to chocolate treat. Lastly, there's my purpose. And I struggle with this. It's one of the reasons I'm still working. If I'm not working, then what is my purpose going to be? Is it this show? Is it doing fun things? I mean, doing fun things isn't really a purpose, is it? I don't have grandkids, so they can't be my purpose. So until I figure it out, I'll still work because I really do enjoy helping people. And I enjoy using my knowledge with that. So tell me, help me out. What's your purpose in life? Have you figured that out yet? Send me an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com and tell me what you're doing. What's your purpose in life? Now, next up, we'll have our health segment. Thanks to all of you who let me know whether you listened to that part or not. It was a pretty close uh, between the two, but more than half of you do listen according to the poll, so it'll continue for now. This month, we're going to do it a little bit differently. We're going to talk about a sport that is well-known in the 55 and over community, pickleball, and we'll get back to our Mission Lean segments next month. I have Lynn Cherry with me. She is the host of a podcast called Pickleball Fire. And as you can imagine, she talks about pickleball. Lynn, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Tell me a little bit about your podcast and how you got involved in not only the podcast, but pickleball in general. You know, that's a really interesting story. I had never actually heard of the game of pickleball until I moved to Connecticut from North Texas. When I came here, I was really interested in finding something to do indoors during the winter because I don't like the cold. And so whatever I did athletically or, you know, just fun wise needed to be inside. So I I looked at the local recreation center just to see what they offered. And I saw pickleball and I'm like, well, I've never heard of that. I I don't even know if they have it in Texas, but uh, of course I do now. But uh, anyways, so I I looked it up and I, I went to the gym just to check it out, to watch them play. And as soon as I walked up to the gym door and started kind of peeked around the corner and put my head in, somebody immediately literally came up and asked me if I wanted to play. And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't have a paddle or anything. And they're like, oh, that's okay. And they put a paddle in my hand. And that was that was my first experience. And that was, you know, just over three years ago now. And uh, pretty much as soon as I 
got involved in the sport, I'm like, this is, this is amazing. And, you know, I'm in my late fifties and it's a, it's a game very popular with people in their forties and fifties and, and sixties, seventies, and actually eighties. And, um, so it's just something that I knew as soon as I started playing that I was really interested in starting just a website to, you know, put information out there just to kind of grow the sport and promote the sport. And then in terms of the podcast, you know, the podcast got started during the uh, pandemic. I was uh, in 2020, October 2020. I was pretty conservative about, you know, being around other people and whatnot. So I'm like, okay, it's getting to be cold here in Connecticut. What the heck am I going to do during the winter? So that's how the podcast got started. On Mondays, I try and have on a guest who is, you know, a pickleball pro or coach or instructor you know, because people are always interested in kind of learning how to improve their game. But I, I also just want to cover the sport in general and just kind of do something a little bit different. Uh, so on Thursdays, I have somebody who's a in the industry. It, it could be, you know, somebody from one of the um, commentators from one of the pro pickleball tours. It could be a paddle manufacturer. It could be somebody who's got club software so just I try and be a little bit different on Thursdays, but kind of kind of broadly covering the industry itself. You fell in love with it right away. Well, I did. But you know, what's funny is that that's not unusual for people who come to the game. And that's really one of the things that's great about the sport is that there's people who play pickleball who have never played a sport in their life. And then, of course, you know, there's people who have done sports, but maybe not a racket sport. And then, of course, there's lots of tennis players who come into the game because what happens, you know, it's it's a on a much smaller court than tennis. So as you get older, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to move around. I know for myself, you know, I've got some some knee issues, so I still have really fast hands and, and reactions. But, it, you know, needless to say, the, the game is easy on your body. So I think that's why people, you know, who are older, who come into the sport, just, just love it because you can do it and you can be as competitive as you want. You know, there's definitely, you know, tournaments that people play in, but, um, you know, people, I know people who actually play seven days a week and we're talking, these are recreational people. In fact, some of them play seven days a week, twice a day. I mean, it is such a fun oh my sport. Gosh. Yeah. It's, it's fun to play. And then there's also a real social component too. And everybody is so welcoming, you know, even if you have, you know, never done a sport before, people will teach you how to play. They'll be patient with you. You see, you know, all levels playing together. So you can have somebody who's very advanced, you know, playing with somebody for the first time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great sport. What do you think makes pickleball a good sport for people that are over the age of 40? Well, you know, certainly, like I had kind of mentioned before, you know, the sport being easier on your body, you know, cert certainly helps. And uh, it's really interesting because one of the fun aspects of this is I had recently interviewed on the Pickleball Fire podcast, somebody who was in his late 70s, but he plays at a very high level. So kind of the highest recreational level below the pros. And there are actually senior pros. I asked him, I said, he, he had played racquetball for years. And I said, you know, that was my sport too before pickleball. And, you know, playing racquetball at 40 is totally different than playing a 40-year-old versus a 20-year-old in racquetball. There's so much difference. 
pickleball is very different. In fact, he competes, even though he's in his late seventies, he competes with 20 year olds, you know, in, in his wow. uh, very high level division. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, that's one thing. That's another thing that's so, so great. And why I think so many people are attracted to it is because it's, it's just amazing that you can do this at um, any age, absolutely any age. I've had a number of um, pros come on the podcast who said they could no longer play, you know, college tennis or even pro level tennis. So they switched to because of wrist injuries. Actually, a couple of women have told me that. So they switched to pickleball because the paddle is so much lighter. They were able to play and, you know, even people in kind of the over 40s crowd. I visualize a pickleball paddle to be kind of like an oversized table tennis paddle. So it doesn't have the strings. It's it's a flat. I, I, am I correct in that? Yes, actually, you are absolutely correct. And that's kind of how the game, when it was invented, they actually started off with ping pong paddles. But over the years, the um, technology, as you might imagine, has gotten much better. But yes, it is a paddle. It does not have strings. And it probably doesn't have perhaps quite as gritty of a surface as some of the table ping pong paddles. But because um, with, with pickleball, you can put a lot of spin on the ball, but they l limit the amount of grittiness, which limits the amount of spin on, on the paddle. And that's just, just kind of part of whether or not a paddle is approved for tournament play. You are saying that it's an easier sport than, say, tennis. Is that because you're not running as far? Or explain to the listeners who've never heard of or seen pickleball kind of how it works on a physical basis. Right. So one of the biggest reasons that it's easier, you've got a lighter paddle and you're playing with a something very similar to a wiffle ball. So the ball doesn't bounce up quite as high. So in terms of the game itself, there's also really kind of what you call a, a soft game to pickleball where you're not necessarily, you know, hitting, hitting the ball hard. And one of the things I always like to say in terms of somebody coming into the sport, even if you've never done, you know, any sport before, if you can throw a wiffle ball underhanded over over a net about 36 inches high, then you can play pickleball because the actual, some of the soft game, which is very important to pickleball, kind of mimics that type of motion. So that's another reason why it's just really easy, easy to learn between the, the lightness of the paddle, the fact that it's a wiffle ball and, you know, it's quite easy to get the ball over the net. So you can have fun your first time out. Tell me if there is one thing that you want our listeners to to learn about pickleball, what would it be? You know, I think in, in terms of the game, it's something that if you need to get up off the couch and you want to do something that is not at all like going to the gym, then then try pickleball. Because honestly, I had interviewed somebody who lost 100 pounds by playing pickleball. A hundred pounds. <laughs> Seriously, yes. And actually, I, I interviewed a, a gentleman actually who's out of the Dallas, Texas area, uh, Ben, who I think he said he lost 75 pounds by playing. So it's it's really something that is very easy to play. And, you know, just, just like your family member in terms of, you know, she was injured, she had a broken bone, but she's, you know, gotten right back out there and played. 
you know, if you want to have something to, you know, look forward to, you know, every day after work or, you know, once you've retired and, and have something really fun to do with the social group, then I highly, highly recommend giving it a try. It ticks off two, at least two of the six areas that we focus on. It, it ticks off health and it ticks off social. So I am so glad that we have this non-gym activity uh, that we can look to that, wow, I can't believe you had two of your people. One lost 100 pounds and the other was, what, 60, 70? You 75 pounds. That is crazy. Let's say we've got a listener who doesn't like going to the gym or maybe they have a gym membership, but they, they don't go and they don't know where to find a pickleball court. What would your suggestion be? That's a great question. And what I can say about this is if you go to pickleballfire.com slash courts, you can find different places to play. And within that search feature, you can also find instructors. So you you definitely do not need to have instruction before you start to play. And that's that's another thing that really differentiates it from tennis is in tennis, you really need to have good technique in order to have rallies and keep the ball on the court. Whereas in pickleball, you don't necessarily need to have good technique. So you don't need to spend a lot of money on lessons. But if you're more comfortable kind of getting that introduction from somebody who is like a certified pickleball instructor, you know, then then you can kind of find that resource too on the uh, pickleballfire.com website. You know, just from a financial perspective, if you're thinking about pickleball, in most cases, you can go to a park to play where there typically is no charge. You know, it's it's really most places you go to play pickleball, there is not a cost. You know, the difference for, is if you actually go to a, uh, a a club or, you know, like a tennis facility, then then there, there's a typically a small charge. But in terms of, you know, getting started in the game, you know, for uh, 50 to a hundred dollars, you can buy a paddle. Actually, you can easily buy a paddle for $50 and, uh, you know, a couple balls. So really for a nominal fee, you can kind of start off and, and get involved in the sport. And just one other thing is be sure to look for, there's a number of different restaurants now, which are building new restaurants with pickleball courts, both indoor and outdoor, because the courts are pretty small you know, that gives other people opportunities to play. So you can kind of look that up in your area because they're going in across the country. Now, wait a minute. Did I just hear you say that restaurants are putting in pickleball courts? Yes, you did. I, in fact, there's a there's a chain called uh, Chicken and Pickle, which is, uh, it, it's now a chain. And it's <laughs> I think it started in Kansas. And uh, it's expanding throughout the country. And uh just everywhere. I mean, it's it's a really cool concept where, you know, pickleball is just being included as, as kind of a, a lifestyle for people, you know, so let's go ahead and have some fun on the court. And then, you know, afterwards, uh, you know, have a have a great lunch or dinner. That's great. So you can burn the calories before you actually sit down for the meal. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is fantastic. It certainly is, was not something that I expected. Chicken and pickle and other restaurants that are similar. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to check that out. Well, thanks so much for coming on the Rock Your Retirement Show to talk to our listeners about pickleball. I really appreciate it. 
Well, you're welcome. It was great to be on. And now, what you've been waiting for, the update with Barbara. Hurricane Nora was supposed to hit us directly. So you're in Mexico, not sure about the whole thing, and now there's a hurricane coming. My friend really wanted to get home. She's like, should we call the airline? Should we do it? I said, but I'm retired. It might be kind of a cool experience to live through a hurricane, having never been through one. And so we stayed. Um, And then, of course, sadly, the hurricane hit Mazatlan unexpectedly and Puerto Vallarta. And this was all, you know, overtaken by the tragedy that happened in Louisiana just a few days later. But there was one day I was walking by myself and just kind of asking God, like, what's going to happen now with the fall, with everything shutting down? I was coming to the conclusion that I need to cancel all my trips and just stop planning because it's just so unpredictable. And I was I was walking up to the golf course. There was just these rows and rows of beautiful, beautiful flowers. The facilities are kept so well. There were purple and yellow and orange, and the wind was just whirling. Because even though we didn't take a direct hit, the wind from the hurricane was just, just beyond. So it's kind of exciting. I felt like, okay, am I safe? And then I came to thousands, not hundreds, thousands of butterflies. They were all monarch butterflies, yellow ones, green ones. And the contrast of the movement of the butterflies and the flowers, I just stood there. I mean, I literally just stood there and I thought, okay, this isn't random. What are you telling me here? What are you telling me, God? And I realized that I had just read this book about how short life is. And how we can't take our possessions with us. And we can't take our family with us. And we need to always be preparing for that day. Not as if we can live forever, but as if we don't. And I looked at these butterflies and I remember somewhere that they only live for like a day, maybe a couple days. And here they were fluttering around desperately trying to live their purpose, which was flower to flower to flower to flower. But the wind was so strong, they were just barely hanging on before they'd flit off to the next flower. And I thought, okay, there's a picture of what I'm feeling right now. I'm here for a little while, living my purpose. And even in a windstorm, the butterflies were still doing their thing. So I just decided I need to quit being so sad about canceling trips and vacations. And I need to just accept and lean in to this fall that it's not going to be what I planned again, but I need to be okay with it. What do you think that your purpose is? I mean, did that thought of the butterflies and their purpose mean anything as far as your purpose goes? Or Well, I think so, because while I was doing that, it brought to mind a person that I had met at Vacation Bible School who had been through a tragedy, just a a very, very sad loss earlier in the year. We just kind of bumped into each other, just kind of through probably planned, but, you know, it's seemingly random circumstance. And she was brought to my mind. And so I called um, my daughter's mother-in-law, who has something called 
um, a prayer shawl ministry where they, they sit and knit these shawls, almost like a scarf. Um, and as they do, they pray for the person who's going to receive it. And sometimes they know who it is and sometimes they don't. And I called her and I said, I need a, sh a shawl for this person. And she, of course, made a beautiful shawl and prayed for this person in this circumstance. And I got back and I texted her and I said, would you like to get to there for coffee? Now, her age is very different. She's 38. She's my daughter's age. And I thought, gosh, is she going to think it's kind of weird to have this random older lady calling? And she was delighted that I called her because the last time we saw each other was the middle of July. And we set a date. And yesterday morning, she came to my house for coffee, for tea. I made some muffins and I gave her this shawl and told her why. And of course, lots of tears. Um, but she just said, God is bringing all these people to comfort her in her time of grief. I'm essentially a stranger. And she was just so touched by the fact someone would pray for her and make this shawl. And I just felt like the delivery person, right? It, it wasn't me. It was, it was something else. And I just felt really, really joyful that being open to whatever is coming at you and listening causes you, I think, to live out your purpose. So for yesterday, my purpose was to just be a friend to someone who has suffered a tragic loss and build a relationship. So speaking of purpose and your former job, what about those ladies that you were going to be mentoring? How is that going? Is, is that happening? Is it put on hold? What's going on with that? Yeah, I, I don't want to say epic fail, but I do want to say that with my schedule, which is gone and traveling a lot, it's not the same. It's not the same as it was when I had a job with hours and our hours aligned. I've texted a few of them. I've met with a few of them. I've got plans to talk with them in the fall because, you know, I'm basically going to lean into shutting down again. Um, so the relationships are still there. And I think that realizing that they are working women, working mothers, that it's different now with our relationship. I was their director and colleague and coworker and fitting in a 30 minute conversation was just another slot on the calendar. And now that I'm out and about, I'm traveling, I'm golfing, trying to find schedules that align. Um, but texting is a wonderful thing because I have their personal information and just sending them a little quick note saying, Hey, I'm thinking of you. If it works out great, because this is more for them. I'm assuming that if they need me, they'll get in touch with me. But I know that they're like, oh, she's retired. She's having fun. So there's this kind of like, I don't know, this dance, I guess, where I don't want to appear needy like I need to talk to you. I want to offer it. And if they need it and want it, then we'll make that connection and we'll make it happen. Um, but I totally underestimated how busy a retired person can become but also how unstructured and taking time to read a book from cover to cover. That 
wasn't ever happening when I was working. There was just no time or to, you know, take a really, really long walk and there's no schedule or to say yes and fly to Mexico for a week. So I, I didn't anticipate that because I left such a structured life and have come to an unstructured one where there is no deadline. And yep, I can do that tomorrow. That's a big shift. You've heard of the three sort of loose stages of retirement. There's the go-go years, the slow-go years, and the no-go years. And you, my dear, are in the go-go years. And unfortunately, we're in a pandemic as we record this. And so some of that's probably been squashed a little bit, but, um, but welcome to the go-go years. (laughs) Well, I hope I get to go-go and, you know, cue everything up, but I, I am realizing after talking to a friend that the friend that went with me to Mexico and we were talking about, you know, basically canceling everything we've got going, that's one thing, but to not be scheduling anything or to not be looking forward to anything And she was giving an analogy to parenthood that if you're not a parent, it's hard to imagine, but before kids, you've got all the freedom to do whatever you want. But right after you have a child, your life changes to, you know, diaper bags, schedules, whatever. And there's this yearning for, Ooh, I'd really like to go out for dinner or, Ooh, I'd like to go on a quick trip, but you can't. And there's a frustration that comes. You love your child, but everything has changed. And you really kind of wish for what you had before. I think that's kind of an analogy for where I'm at right now in that I wish I could go do all these things and have all this fun, but I really just need to accept and lean in to the fact that we're in a pandemic. It's not going to be the same. So figure it out. Stop striving and being frustrated or disappointed or sad. So I was sad all of one day when I completely canceled our trip with the 10 of us to Costa Rica because, well, all the adults are vaccinated. My four grandchildren are not. And when Costa Rica went to red alert, you know, CDC said don't travel One part of the family said, well, we're CDC red alert, don't travel. So we'll just go from one country to another. And then part of the family said, "Uh, they're going back to school. And that's one thing. But if they get it here and then go to Costa Rica and they're sick, uh, no, mom. And so, you know, I had to make that call and two parts of the family weren't in agreement But I think I made the right call because I could never live with myself if my desire to go to Costa Rica resulted in any one of my grandkids, you know, not, not being healthy. And so, so it's going to be a different fall than what I thought. Um, But I'm just going to keep picturing my thousand butterflies. I think that's kind of what's wrong today (laughs) is that I strive to collect eternal moments. And so I can paint in my mind these pictures. I can share these stories with my words and you can imagine it. But yeah, if you're not present in the moment, you do miss it because while you're looking for that photo or that Instagram or that thing, are you really experiencing that place? Are you experiencing those people? Because what I noticed is my phone plan doesn't go to Mexico and I didn't want to pay for it. 
So my phone was on airplane mode the entire week. I didn't have the news. I didn't have the mindless social media. And so I think that's why I was able to experience that. I, I was present in the moment. Most of the people at the beach, at the pool, had their heads down on their phones. Now, maybe they were reading a book. I got to give them credit for that. But I don't think so. And I do think that the generations that have come after the baby boomers, you know, we had both worlds where we had nothing like that. But I have to say there is a tension there because I literally did not have a phone. Well, I don't know how I would have gotten out of the country without my friend who was had two phones that were fully connected because she had to fill out the application to get our, our COVID test and the COVID test had to come back to a phone. And when you're at the airport, you need a QR code to get out of the country and there's no paper. So, oh, no. so, there, so that was eye-opening for me that if I go again without my friend, either I need a son-in-law or daughter-in-law that's got the phone because the phones have become your passport, your travel pass, your wallet. Your um, lifeblood. Yeah. So, so that was, that was interesting, but, um, but yeah, I, I did get some pictures and some video of, of the butterflies, but they don't really do the experience justice. You'll never be able to capture that on a, even these little 3D pictures that people are taking. Yeah. That'll never capture that. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never. So it sounds like, so if I had to put a name on it, it sounds like your current purpose is to be there if someone needs help. Yes. So that is your purpose. And and I think that's kind of happened a few times now um, with the pandemic, with school starting, with kids and work. Um, my kids are calling us now and saying, hey, mom, can you can you come? And to the degree it's possible, the answer is yes. Even my husband, because um, I was in Mexico, they needed some help. And so he went down and watched our grandchildren. And he had so much fun. He took them for donuts. They went and hit golf balls. They went and watched a friend's soccer game. He made dinner. He even cleaned the kitchen and, and mopped the floor. My daughter-in-law said, oh my gosh. I said, how was that? He goes, do you realize that our kids are nine and eight, grandkids are nine and eight. I have never in my life been alone with just me and them. Do you realize that? And I said, you're right. We're always with their parents or I'm always there. He goes, I'm doing that again. It was That's so fantastic. much fun because the dynamic changes. So for my granddaughter's birthday, I said, do you want a gift or do you want an experience? Do you want a thing or an experience? And she said, I want an experience, Nana. I have lots of stuff. And so I took her on a horseback ride, just the two of us with a, a person that does this. And we went for an hour through the woods and we actually saw a bear. Oh a my gosh. Live black bear. And we were just like, oh, and this is in kind of a suburban area. I guess we're kind of rural. And so I did that just her and I. So my husband got the idea to take our grandson, just him, to a Seattle Mariners game and he's going to be taken out of school 
and he'll be old enough to remember this. And he is so excited. So he's going to do that next week. Go get him, pick him up out of school and take him for the whole. And it's an afternoon game. So he's going to get out of school for almost the whole day. And I think there's something to be said for that. Just that time. Are you telling me that uh, grandma and grandpa are are advocating playing hooky from school? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we've learned with the pandemic that a lot of school, you know, they can do it online, kind of waste of time. You, You can't put a price on that. Obviously not every week, but for a special birthday surprise. Um, Their parents now post pandemic are much more flexible (laughs) about, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yes, they can, (laughs) they can go to whatever you want to do. That's fabulous. So he knows about it. Your your grandson. Rather than make it a surprise. At first it was trying to be a surprise. And my husband goes, no, I want him to anticipate it. I want him to look forward to it. I want him to, to count the days. And so that's what's happening. Oh, that's fabulous. So would you say that your husband has now found a new, not a purpose, but he's excited about spending alone time with the grandkids now? I think Nana Camp was probably the game changer because at first it was all my thing, all my thing. And he was just this passive. And then once I involved him with you know, making the Viking shields and everything. He really got into it. I mean, he's a, he's a project guy. And I think the dynamic changed with him and the grandkids instead of just being, you know, pop over there, hi, whatever they appreciated him and he appreciated them. And I think it just built this little stronger foundation. It wasn't that he was an uninvolved grandpa, but he just wanted to golf all the time. Do you think it has anything to do with their current ages? It has everything to do with their current ages. My husband, you know, look at the baby. It's cute. Toddlers, diapers, but they are full, full grown people in little eight and nine year old bodies and with each individual personalities. And they're just easier. You know, they're just happy to go along with whatever. There's no crying or tantrums or nobody's mad. And if they are, you just kind of work through it. So yeah, it's a very, very interesting time in their lives. And it's a great time to be retired if you can make it work. Like three to four years before they become little teenagers. So you've got to spend as much time now as you can. (laughs) I say pack it in. Just pack it in and, you know, hopefully when they get through the teenage years, they'll still remember us fondly and want to travel with us. What do you have planned for what's next? And what do you want to tell the listener? How how can we put all of these experiences into a lesson for the listener, I guess? Well, for me, it's realizing that having a plan is one thing, but being able to adapt that plan to the conditions that there are at the time, not getting too attached to one specific vision, because then you can miss the butterflies, right? You can, you can miss out on what's right in front of you. Something as simple as, as taking a dog for a walk or taking a child for a walk. There's so many things that we tie up with entertainment and, 
you know, going to a, a place like Disneyland or going, you know, going on a cruise or going to Mexico, when really right around us, there is life being lived, there are wonderful people, and there are stories to be heard. And in our zeal to program our lives, to book a trip, how many times are we missing out on things that are right around us? Because we're just not looking for it because we're so focused on this future thing. So for me, I have no regrets about retiring. I have felt so enriched this summer. I'm so grateful and kind of get over yourself. So what if you don't get all your plans, find something else to pivot on, take a class, learn to paint, call a friend. It's just kind of like, yes, to say yes to life and quit worrying about the things you don't have is the lesson I've been learning this summer. Well, that is a fabulous way to end the show. Thank you again, Barbara, for continuing on. I know that your commitment was for a year and we've exceeded that. And I just wanted to, to thank you again for continuing this journey with us. It's been my pleasure. It's been so fun. And for the listener, we're glad that you're here. And if you have any questions for Barbara or me, please head over to the show notes at rockyourretirement.com and you can ask us either in the show notes or in the blog posts. And thanks again. And we'll see you next time on the Rock Your Retirement Show. Bye. Bye.